It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Not a good one for you today as the NBA season tipped off last night. Finally, uh, Bob Myers and Draymond Green sat down with Woj to do a podcast. Steve Kerr talks about injuries. All of that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. Charles T. Hamilton, holding it down. NBA season tipped off last night. Warriors don't tip off till tomorrow night against the Clippers, but the Clippers did play the Lakers last night and gave them a Somewhat of a beatdown. I mean, the final score doesn't say it. It was only a 10-point win, but, man, the Clippers looked really good. Draymond Green and Bob Myers sat down with uh, Adrian Wojnarowski to do his podcast. I think I'll get them on my podcast next since they're doing podcasts now. <laughs> and there was some some really interesting stuff in there, uh, especially about last year and the blow-up with KD. So going to touch on some of that as well. And then Steve Kerr. Talks about injuries and gives us somewhat of an update, I guess. We'll get to that in a little bit as well. But I want to start with last night uh, and the the tip-off, NBA tip-off last night. But specifically, I want to start with the Clippers and the Lakers. Now, we all know the Raptors played the Pelicans, no Zion. Uh, Raptors got their championship rings from, you know, when they beat the Warriors in the finals. But we don't have to talk about that. We, I don't even remember that. But uh, the the headline was the, the two L.A. teams going at it. And the Clippers looked incredible. Kawhi looked incredible. And the most amazing part is they were able to do this without Paul George, who was their other massive free agent signing or trade, excuse me, uh, this offseason. But they knew he'd be out. But look, a, a team, two of the best teams in the Western Conference, and one of them is without you know, their second best player, I would have imagined the Lakers would have had a, a, a better shot at this one than the Clippers. But what the Clippers do have is Kawhi Leonard, who, man... You know, we get into the whole best in the league or who's better than this person or that person. I don't know. I don't know if Kawhi's better than LeBron. I don't know if LeBron's better than Kawhi. But Kawhi showed out last night. He took over at times. And it was absolutely incredible. It's ridiculous. It looks different when he does it. It's not as flashy as Steph or as kind of skilled as LeBron. It's just... It's different. It's robotic. It honestly is. 
But anyways, I want it to the to more of the game and just what we saw and how this pertains to the Warriors. The Clippers are so damn deep. I mean, they really are. And we've known that. We talked about it all offseason. But to see it in action, it was was pretty crazy. They had four guys come off the bench in double digits. Lou Williams led him with 21. Harrell had 17. Jermichael Green had 12. And Mo Harts had 10. It's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Now, the only difference is only one of their starters had double digits, and that's Kawhi, who went for 30. Patrick Patterson had four, which I forgot he was even on the team. Zubac had eight. Patrick Beverly had two. Shamit had eight. Which, by the way, you guys, enough with Patrick Beverly. Like, Reggie Miller was, just would not shut up about him. And it's like, man, talk about some of the guys that are playing well. Because Patrick Beverly did not play particularly well last night. But anyways, it just shows the depth that they have. And that's without Paul George. And again, you know, who knows if it's going to work like this every single night because they went 11 of 31 from three, which is solid, especially considering, you know, Jeff Green for Michael Green, excuse me, four of seven, Mo Harkless, two of three, Shamit goes two of four. But then, you know, Kawhi might not go one of five, blah, blah, blah. And the reason why I bring all of this up is because the Warriors are playing the Clippers on Thursday night to open the Chase Center. And the Clippers look every bit of the the deep beast roster that we thought they would have. And it might not be a great opening night at Chase Center. First off, I don't know who is guarding Kawhi. I have no idea who you're trying to put on him. I mean, if Clay was healthy, it would be Clay, but obviously he is not. If you put Draymond on him, which might be the best option, but then you're taking away what Draymond does best, kind of as the roaming defender. So I don't know where you go with that. The perimeter defense has been poor. There's just a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of question marks when it comes to this opening night game. And not only the perimeter defense, but the Clippers are another team that are pretty long. You know, when you got a guy like Mo Harkless, who's 6'9", as your backup small forward, that's, uh, that's a pretty nice deal. Jermichael Green, again, is 6'9". Montrez Harrell, even though he's about, what, 6'8", he's still very long. Patrick Beverly, you know, can defend. Zubac is a traditional center. Kawhi, we all know Kawhi's a robot. So it's just going to be, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. And we already knew that. But after seeing what they did last night, it uh, it looks even more tough. But the Warriors did get some good news. They have three players who are marked as probable for Thursday's game. Marquise Chris. But then the other two are ones we haven't seen all preseason. That's Kavon Looney and Alec Burke. So there's a good chance that we'll see those two uh, get some time. I wouldn't be surprised if Kavon Looney starts. And then Alec Burke's coming off the bench can hopefully get you some buckets. So there's some sort of reinforcements coming. Not, not the kind that you'd like as if you're getting Clay Thompson back or anything. But at the very least, the roster is getting more whole than it has been, uh, well, shoot, all, all preseason. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein was actually doing some, some work today on the court. Uh, you know, reporters speculate he's probably like 80% or so. 
Uh, still going to miss a couple of games, but he's progressing fast and will probably be back. Um, uh, you know, they said he's out the entire month of October, so I'll expect it early November, I guess, unless something changes between now and then. So some sort of reinforcements coming back, but still, the Clippers looked good, man. They looked really good, <laughs> and a major part of that is Kawhi and the pieces they have around him. They've that team is built really well, really freaking well. Uh, on the Lakers' end, I don't know, man. I don't know. The Lakers look great playing the Warriors, but that's because they had the the mismatch with the bigs where the Clippers could kind of match them, play better defense than the Warriors as well. And they they seem... LeBron seemed really focused on trying to get Anthony Davis as many points as possible, where it wasn't so much playing within the team structure. And they have guys on the perimeter and the outskirts of their roster that are going to be streaky. There's going to be games where Quinn Cook gets you 16 and knocks down three threes. And then there's games like last night where he went, you know, one of five, I think. Uh, Troy Daniels, same thing. There's going to be games where those guys are going off. But there's also games where they don't really contribute, like last night. And we saw that. Uh, Last night also, Anthony Davis ran 17 post-ups. That's ridiculous. That's more than he's ever run in a game in his career. He, they're, they're still figuring it out. I'm sure they'll be fine to an extent. But, man, it was, uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I'll put it that way. It was enjoyable watching them struggle last night. I'm not going to lie. But I think a big part of that was how good the Clippers are, too. So with the Warriors playing the Clippers on Thursday, like I said, they will get some injury reinforcements with uh, Marquise Crispy and probable, and then Alec Burks and Kevon Looney being probable and available to play. Uh, Steve Kerr also talked about a certain injury earlier that contradicted something Bob Myers said, and it turned into this whole mess. Uh, But we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at Check out. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. At CDW, we get modern servers need to be flexible, flexible, scalable, and predictable. I predicted you'd say that. Okay, what will I say next? Probably something about server security. Impressive and freaky. CDW can implement secure Hewlett-Packard Enterprise Gen 10 servers that improve speed and performance while reducing While reducing costs. See predictable. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. I predict a web address. CDW.com slash HPE. I'm in your mind, man. Steve Kerr was recently on the NBA season tip-off for NBC Sports Bay Area and was asked about Clay, and he said, it's unlikely that he's going to play this year. So we have to understand that. Now, this is... Somewhat contradictory to what Bob Myers said, but not 
Not exactly. Bob Myers said he's out until, at the very least, the All-Star break. He didn't say he's coming back first game after the All-Star break. He just said at the All-Star break is when we'll reevaluate, basically. But Steve Kerr says it's unlikely that we see him. He also went on to say, you have to look at it realistically. I had an ACL tear in college, and I missed the whole season. Generally, an ACL for a basketball player is a full-year recovery, and if it's a full year for Clay, that puts him out for the season. We've kind of left the door open in case the rehab goes perfectly and the doctors say he can go, but the reality is on April 1st, that's the nine-month mark. April versus nine months post-op for an ACL. We have to prepare our young guys to fill that role behind them, and when he gets back, whenever that is, hopefully now these young guys are developed and in the rotation and ready to really be contributors on a playoff team, and we can get better. So... It's not, like I said, I don't think it's that contradictory. He's not saying Bob Myers was wrong. He's just, he's trying to set expectations, temper expectations to the point of, we don't know. We don't know if we're going to see him back or not. And we don't want to come around the All-Star break, come back first game on the All-Star break, and everyone's expecting to see Clay Thompson. He's just trying to let it be known that, look, there's a chance we see him. There's a good chance we don't see him either. Uh, I don't think there was any real breaking news in this, but the All-Star break was such a a pinpoint date that uh, Bob Myers had mentioned that people focused on it. And, and Steve Kerr is just saying, you know, we're not sure. We don't know. And there's a good chance we don't see him at all. And it also has to do with what their record is, if they're even out of in or out of the playoff hunt. All the, There's so many factors that go with it as to whether Clay will play or not. Uh, obviously, the first is his health. Is he healthy enough to play? But then on top of it, there's there's everything else. Uh, he was asked about Clay and just how he's doing, and Steve said he's bored. I mean, Clay loves basketball. He loves to play. So he's at the point in his rehab three-plus months in where his knee feels pretty good. He's not in pain. He can get out there and shoot around, but he's got to let it heal. He can't run. He can't cut. So we'll see him in the weight room, in the training room, getting his work in, but I feel bad for him. You never feel part of it unless you're actually playing with the guys, and he misses that. So just a little insight into what it's like to be injured because injuries suck, and we always hear that, and you're just distant. You're away from the team. You're not part of the team anymore, really, because your team now is the trainers, and the work you're doing, you're basically doing by yourself besides the trainers, and it's just not the same. So it sucks. Sucks for Clay. Sucks for the team. But as far as the initial statement I didn't read too much into it. He didn't say he's going to be out the entire season, just in the same way that Bob Myers didn't say he's definitely playing the first game after the All-Star break. It's all up in the air. If anyone can tell me what's going to happen in six or seven months, slide me those uh, winning lotto numbers too. You know, that'd be great. So it's just everyone trying to set expectations and just uh, cool everyone out. But the bottom line is it's way down the line and what – everyone else should be worrying about is what they actually have to put on the court, which uh, it's going to be a tough, tough opening night against the Clippers. I can, I can tell you that. But speaking of a player who might not return until next season, the 2021 season, there was also a piece that came out today that says the Warriors might be getting another player back in the 2021 season. And that is Andre Iguodala. And I don't think any of us would be surprised if that happened. 
the the mechanics of it happening this year are convoluted and tough. Uh, it would have to be him being traded to another team and then being bought out, and then he'd be able to rejoin the Warriors. But that seems unlikely. So if he gets traded to another team, finishes out the year, and then becomes a free agent this offseason, he can re-sign with the Warriors. But basically, uh, what I want to get to is Mark Stein of the New York Times called Andre Guadalla returning to the Warriors for the 2021 season a virtual lock. So he's pretty confident in the fact that Andre is going to be coming back to the Warriors next season. Uh, Doesn't know what's going to happen with him this year, but said it's a virtual lock that he becomes a Golden State Warrior uh, this offseason. He doesn't go into great detail as to why, but, I mean, I think we can all figure it out. He spent, what, six years with the Warriors, six great years with the Warriors, won three rings, a finals MVP, you know, went to a new stratosphere of player, of recognition here. Uh, He loves Steve Kerr, loves Steph Curry. I mean, on the border of... You know, him him joking about it, calling him Jesus. Um, it just seems like it would make sense that he would return to the Warriors next year. We'll see what happens, but one of the best reporters in the NBA calls it a virtual, virtual lock. So I'll definitely take that. And it would be awesome to see him retire as a Warrior as well. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that? I would love it. Draymond Green and Bob Myers sat down with Adrian Wojnarowski in what was an incredible interview. And I have a clip I want to play for you and talk about uh, in just one minute. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. So Bob Myers and Draymond Green are two of the more self-aware, introspective, outgoing, talkative people in the NBA. So when Adrian Wojnarowski was able to get them both to sit down and talk about a number of different topics with them, not just basketball, their own relationship, uh, Draymond suspension last year, and just a, a myriad of topics. It, you know, I was in. You should all go check it out. I hate plugging other podcasts on this podcast, but for Warriors fans, this is one you cannot miss. And one of the questions he was asked, by, uh, that Draymond was asked, is the hardest thing he's ever had to hear from Bob considering their tight relationship. And uh, we know they're both long-winded, so this clip's about two minutes, but it's, it's really good, and, uh, and here it is. In your time here, the hardest thing you had to hear from Bob? That I was being suspended last year. 
And that was the hardest thing for me because a lot of people don't understand me. Bob does. And I started to tell myself in my mind, wow, he's flipping on me. Like, nah, that's my guy. Like, I'm super tight with Bob. Like, I can get traded from here tomorrow. I understand this business. Like, it, it is what it is. That's a guy I always call. Like, he's plays a much different role for me in my life than the general manager of a basketball team. Like, oh, that's great. Great title. Congrats for president of the basketball. Like, great titles. But for me, those titles really don't mean anything because it, he plays such a bigger role in my life and and someone that I can get the truth from and almost like a life coach or an older brother. Like, however you want to frame it, he plays that role in my life. And so that's someone I always called no matter what. And it just felt like, wow, is this not the guy I've thought I'd known for all these years? Is he turning on me? And I started to tell myself all of these things. And then I turn on and I read it and everybody's like, oh my God, the Warriors sided with Kevin Durant. Right, it's like, right. whoa. Right. That was, I think, was the toughest thing for me. Yeah, and that was, and that was exactly was going to be the perception. I got to believe, Bob, when you and Steve and all the people who make that decision, you knew that was the, what you were going to have to answer to. They, Kevin's a free agent. They have to side with – they have to suspend Draymond to save face with Kevin. I imagine you knew that would be the byproduct of that, of that narrative. Yeah, but can I – I'm going to answer that. <laughs> where are you now with that? <laughs> I don't even know. Like, where did you – where do you sit on that now? I just had to accept the fact that I was wrong. And once I was able to get over my stubbornness and accept the fact that I was wrong, I was able to move on. So, again, an incredible interview by Woj getting uh, Draymond and Bob Myers together to talk about just about everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him in here next. Um, but I was really intrigued by the fact that, you know, Bob Myers wanted to know, like, where are you at with it now? I know that that hurt you before, but what's, what is your feeling of this right now? And he understands that he was wrong. Cause at the time when they did it, I was one of the people that thought it was the right move to suspend him and not because, Oh, you can potentially keep Kevin Durant. It's because you can't just at a certain point, action has to be taken regardless of how great he is, regardless of, you know, what he's done. Like, he, he, his inability to control himself cost him Game 5 of the 2016 NBA Finals. So, at a certain point, action has to be taken to say, like, we can't just continue this, continue to allow this. And that was when they decided to take action. And, look, whether it was a Kevin Durant-driven decision, it... I was I agreed with it, honestly. As much as I love Draymond, I agreed with it. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with how they handled it. And you could tell by some of the reporting who was getting their info from Draymond and who wasn't. I remember there were some reporters saying, Well, what about the time he tried to fight coach in the locker room? He didn't get he, his punishment wasn't as bad as that. Yeah, well these things accumulate, man. You you probably get uh a, a longer sentence for your second 
you know, aggravated assault than you do than your first. So I just thought some of the arguments for Draymond were were ridiculous. But at the same time, to hear him say that, you know, he understands now and that he was wrong, I think is really interesting. And then also I think the fact that he touches on the relationship that him and Bob Myers have. Because we've heard a little bit about it, but never from from them. You know, we hear that, oh, Draymond is Bob's boy and vice versa. But the fact that to hear Draymond say it, like Bob Myers gets him. He's like an older brother to him. And that relationship is, you know, that strong is uh, is pretty cool. Like, I, I think it's pretty cool to hear that because it's not the standard GM player relationship. You don't see that at every organization. There are organizations where the GM, you know, barely talks to the players. So to hear about that from Draymond, I thought was cool. And there's a ton of that stuff in the interview. I suggest you all go check it out. Um, but rate and review and subscribe to Locked On Warriors first, just so I, I don't feel like I'm sending everyone to Woj's podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, more of Locked On Warriors. We get ready for tip-off at the Chase Center tomorrow night. Man, I am excited. Cannot wait. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.